Hello and welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby again, and we are joined by our good friend Will Harper. Will, how's it going? It's going well, Nick. How are you doing tonight? Or today, whenever you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, feel free to listen at any times of the night. Um, Maybe not at like 3 a.m. I would maybe consider rechanging that. But I am doing doing well. Uh, We we decided to switch it up on a Thursday night instead of a Tuesday night. But sometimes life happens, you know. Yeah, I'm doing well, though. Good to hear, good to hear. Uh, Right now. Um, like you said, it is. We're recording this on a Thursday night. The combine is happening right now. First year they're doing it in prime time over in Indianapolis. What do you, you got? Any quick thoughts about that? Um, well, first thing, I, just a quick thing. Yeah, we don't know anything that's happening live, but I did see that the tight end from Missouri, uh, O, and it's a last name I can't pronounce, but he ran a four four nine unofficial. Which is very speedy for a tight end. Which which is like the fourth highest ever, I think I saw, for a tight end, which is crazy because the dude is pretty big. Mm -hmm. So that one was pretty good. And then just as a Clemson fan, I did enjoy all the Isaiah Simmons uh, content, which is who is our linebacker slash safety slash corner slash defensive end. Um, And they're asking, what position do you play? And he just goes defense. So that was <laughs> that was pretty fun. That's a little well, Clemson he, Clemson chuckle. Well, he wasn't lying, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, anything for you stand out so far? Um, you you touched on Albert O. Uh, we're not going to try to pronounce his name. The announcers don't even try to pronounce his name. Um, just Albert O. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing um well let me say this the reaction to joe burrow's hand size was pretty hilarious that was that that. tiny hands (laughs) so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing like how big of a deal is made of stuff that shouldn't be made a big deal of which is usually i mean that happens every year at the combine A, Mm -hmm. a huge deal is made of the 40 a huge deal is made of hand size um, ultimately, it could or could not matter. It really depends on the player and when you put them in pads and, and, and game tape for college. That's the biggest takeaways. But just seeing the, the show of the, of the combine is, is, is pretty funny. I look forward to it every year. Yeah, it is, it's its own unique thing for sure. Um, it's interesting to see like what questions – uh, they get asked in different drills, and then you look at it, and you're like, I'm not sure how this fully translates, but I guess we have to have some kind of measurable to 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 go off of. The hand size is always funny with the QBs, even though it doesn't seem to really fully translate. I also find it's interesting that like these top guys like, don't usually work out, um, like do the workouts as much. I, I saw Burrow and Chase Young are not doing the workouts, which I thought was interesting. Let me just keep up their mystique um i don't know i just thought that was interesting and also i also love the when combine they always it, they they announce it kind of like as a um like golf announcers like that's very like silent like it's just very murmured uh announcing as they're doing the 40-yard dash i always enjoy that and um is it rich eyes in the one that they always have they compare offensive linemen to his 40 time 
<laughs> oh yeah. And they just blow right by him. But in his defense, he is a he's a pretty old guy. I mean, to be out there running in his full suit at 50, 60 years old, it's impressive. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. But I always I always enjoy that. So it's it's a fun time. It's definitely we're gonna we're gonna talk some some baseball in a little bit, but it, the NFL season never really stops. It's it's just always a show that just keeps going and going. So that'll be really interesting because right. with the draft draft coming up in, in April, and then and then it just gets gets all started again. So it'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, like you said, it's interesting to see who will be the kind of the big the big winners or the big takeaways from from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year this is when DK Metcalf made his name known. So I'll be interested to see if there's any any star that comes away. Um, I'd say the the biggest star so far has been uh, Javon Kinlaw from my alma mater at South Carolina. Just hearing yeah. the story and, and things like that. Like he's, I don't think he's doing a whole lot of stuff at the combine um, because he got hurt in practice at the Senior Bowl. But just to hear him talk and just his size is something that a lot of the NFL scouts are loving. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for him. Hope he ends up somewhere that he can make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You ready to talk some baseball? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So Will kind of previewed for us last time, uh, if you were with us a couple weeks ago, uh, when we were talking to XFL, that there are some new baseball rules coming out, and we just wanted to have a whole episode pretty much just to talk about them. Because there's baseball is usually a pretty – it means a very historic game, very traditional, and usually, you know, they keep everything the same. You know, it, when instant replay came in, I, I felt like it was the biggest, like it was the biggest deal in, in any of the major sports. So all these different rules that are coming in for next year and in the future, it's just really interesting for a sport. So they're trying to get younger and, and innovate the game, but it's interesting what they're trying to do. So will. I was thinking um, maybe you have us just kind of just give us like a rundown of of different rules and we can kind of talk about them. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, which one? Which one do you want to start with? We'll start with the roster size. Um, so baseball, they have essentially two different rosters. They have a forty-man roster, um, which includes players both in the majors and minors. Um, it could include. Um, injured players as well but essentially you have your 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 40 man roster and then you have in the past a 25 man roster the 25 man roster are your active players in the majors that's actually getting bumped up to 26 this year so they're adding one extra guy um, and you can only carry 13 pitchers so half your roster can be pitchers um do you think that most teams will carry 13 pitchers or do you think some people will try to add a few more bats? Um, I could see it depending. Uh, I could see national league teams maybe would want an extra bat with, you know, with the more pinch hitting and substitutions that they do during a game. Um, yeah. And I also could see maybe, Maybe it depends on, uh, like, if they platoon guys or not. Like, so sometimes teams, 
instead of like having an everyday starter. Like in basketball, you have like an everyday starter. But sometimes in baseball, because you play so many games and with different pitchers, like you have one guy who starts at, say, third base against left-handed pitchers and another guy who starts against right-handed pitchers. So I could see you having a, maybe like a backup to them just to have a safety net. Or I could also see, say, you can carry a third catcher, uh, maybe just because some guys are more injury prone or just having the backup. But I would imagine that probably more teams would, would probably try to push the pitcher limit because you could always use more arms, especially in the bullpen. For sure. Um, that That's where I would probably lean. I think that's a – I'm glad that they're regulating how many pitchers, though, because we already have enough changes in the game. Like, you know, how many substitutions – so I think having a max on pitchers kind of keeps it from a team like overstocking just too many arms. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, another one in, in regards to roster limits are in September. So in the past in September, you could essentially have all 40 of your 40-man roster on the major league roster. Um, most teams, I don't know if any team actually ever had all 40 on there. But most teams were consistently over 30. Um, and I remember vividly a couple of years ago uh, when the Braves and the Phillies were in September and they were battling out for the NL East crown. I remember um, Gabe Kapler, who was the manager for the Phillies at the time, literally from the fifth inning on would change pitchers like every batter or every other batter. They just had an endless supply of pitchers. And the games lasted four, four and a half, maybe even up to five hours. Um, so seeing that they're limiting that roster now to 28 players in September, um, and they're upping that pitcher limit to 14, so still half of your of your roster. Um, I'm pleased to see that it should help speed up the game in September. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think it overall be good. I mean, I knew I know there's teams like my Baltimore Orioles where they do use that time as like a way to to test more of the younger players, but you probably don't need it to be the whole 40 man roster, you know, because there's only so many at bats and so many things you still want to be fluid and have um, as a fan, like you still want to have some of the main guys in there with some other younger guys getting some at bats. Like you still want name recognition and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's good to have an increase, but it's probably wise to pull back a little back a little bit when they're trying to also fight with NFL and college football during that time of year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's whenever football is really, is really gearing up. That's whenever uh, the college football season is just starting in September. The NFL season is just starting. So people are, are getting their, their weekend plans ready to go watch their favorite teams. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that'll help keep baseball relevant and won't have their games go on for, four hours plus um a cool thing this year is mlb is actually creating a new position Mm. Um, they're creating the two-way player designation um the cool thing is is that it does not count against your pitchers so if you have a two-way player um that could actually count as, as one of your position players and you could gain an extra arm out of the bullpen or even starting, depending on your two-way player. Um, With a two-way player, you name them at the beginning of the season, and they carry that designation throughout. Now, there's a catch here. Um, 
you cannot just name any position player a two-way player and move on from that. Um, there are some qualifications. So they have to have pitched at least 20 innings in the majors and start at least 20 games as a position player or designated hitter where they batted three or more times in the current MLB season or in a previous one. Um, so the two players that come to mind relatively quickly are Shohei Otani uh, mm-hmm. from the Angels and Michael Lorenzen from the Reds. So Shohei is he's the most well-known of the two. Um, but Lorenzen's also an outfielder and a reliever for the Reds. Um, dude's Jack too, by the way. Like his muscles coming off muscles. <laughs> um, like his he 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 legit wears a medium. Like his mm. his shirt, like his jersey barely Classic. over his shoulder. Um, yeah, looks like a like an NFL jersey, like super tight. Anyways, um, yeah. So those guys will will more than likely get that two way player designation this year. Um, but when looking at this, I kind of noticed that. If you have a rookie that um, you know can play two ways, you cannot designate them as a two-way player at the beginning of the season because they hadn't met their qualification of pitching 20 20 innings and starting 20 games in the majors. So there is that qualification of it being the major leagues. Um, Overall, do you like the two-way player? Do you think that it's going to be something that encourages more two-way players? growing up and coming up through the minors. Just what are your thoughts on it overall? My thoughts. I, I love it. I think this is an awesome idea to encourage the two-way player. I loved when Otani came in and he was very passionate about wanting to play both positions and wanting to, to, have, to go to a team who wanted to treat him as that way because he was dominant in both positions and he wants to, I, I like the well-rounded, like encouraging players to be well-rounded. And, and if you can, are you able to do both? Why should you have to pick one or the other, you know, like in football, say you can play both offense and defense like receiver and corner. Like you could play that if you wanted to. Now, of course, most players specialize into one or a couple on the same side of the ball, but it's not a, it's not a, a, disadvantage if you wanted to do that and i like i just like the it for the game to make it more dynamic and to see guys like otani um i don't know how many teams will actually utilize it it might be one of those rules that only some of them can do and now it'll be interesting to see like what how teams react to it because like you're saying with the angels and the reds they already had those guys were already doing that so they're already basically being allowed to have an extra, pretty much an extra pitcher, if I'm understanding it right. Correct. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Like, it feels like the A's would be a team to do something like that. Um, I don't know. The money, be interesting. The money ball A's. Yeah, money ball A's. You know, they're always looking for for something. I could see smaller market teams really trying to utilize the extra arm. Or trying to be a way of like, hey, we can we can allow you to play both positions. Like we'll choose to do that. Mm-hmm. But the interesting part, yeah, is rookies. I wonder if, say, they reached, they qualified both of them, and the teams, you know, they hadn't designated somebody that year. If they could, if it wasn't at the beginning, 
Yeah, and that's what. So, so reading the rule, um, it says in either the current MLB season or the previous one. So once a player eclipses that 20 inning and um, 20 starts with three at bats rule, they can gain the designation. So you can't like if you have a guy that is a shutdown closer, but also a power hitting outfielder and you're ready to call him up, like you can't call him up with the designation. But as soon as he hits that uh, benchmark of pitching those innings and getting those starts, um, you can you can put the tag on him then. So, and it also says, yeah. and it also doesn't mention anything about a limit either. So you could, I guess you could essentially have five or six of these guys on a team if you're fortunate enough to have a roster constructed that way. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't say that. Yeah, it can't. Um, it doesn't say anything that I'm saying. You can't have more than one. I'm assuming that they're. There's not there's not a lot of players yet, so I'm just, I'm guessing right. that they're not super worried about that right now. But it is really interesting. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you, or do you think it's a little bit a little bit too much? I think that since they are putting a restriction on the number of pitchers, I do like it. Now, if there was not a pitcher restriction, there would essentially be no point for it. But right. since there is a limit. There, there is a, a point behind it, and I do like it. I think it will encourage, um, especially like your international guys that sign at such a young age. Like you can sign guys internationally when they're like 15, 16 years old. So they're still like kids that should be in high school. Um, and a lot of those guys like are essentially their top pitcher and their top hitter where they're from. Um, mm-hmm. so I think you'll start seeing some, some savvy teams like try to develop these guys in both areas with this in mind. Maybe they'll never be a starter, like a starting pitcher. Um, but they could be, a, a come off the bench and, and relieve kind of in the later mid innings, like, like Lorenzen is. Um, I don't know if you'll ever have like someone who starts every fifth day and, maybe rest like once or twice a week and then starts in the field every other game. I don't know if we'll ever see that. That would be, I mean, it'd be awesome if it happened. Um, that would be a, a super athlete, but I don't know if it'll ever get there, but I do think that you'll start seeing teams try to develop their guys into someone that can designate as a two-way player. Yeah, for sure. Like I can see basically, like what the Angels do with Otani is what in the past before he got hurt is they let him play outfield slash DH him as kind of an off day. And then he would start usually be their fifth starter. So I could see teams basically having a guy who could be like a closer or a hard reliever that they use, you know, every so often mm-hmm. and then being a DH pretty much to where you're getting to play both sides, but you're not. Like, yeah, because be, being a starter is more strenuous than than it can seem. You know, even though they rest every, only pitch every every fifth every fifth day. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I'll be I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see how it goes this year with those two guys, and then maybe like three or four years from now, see is it a trend that's growing or is it something that is a pretty cool idea, 
but no one's really trying to develop any of their guys to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what history has to say about it. Um, one last thing on roster construction. Uh, there will be a 27th man um, under special circumstances. So essentially like a double header. Like right now, if you have a double header, you're allowed a 26th man in previous mm-hmm. seasons. So just essentially it's like an extra pitcher for the day since you're going to at least play 18 innings. Um, right. So they are going to have a 27th man for, for double headers and things like that. Do you have any expanding thoughts on that? or I mean, it's just kind of common sense to me to do that. Yeah, I think if you're – especially, if, if we, again, with the pitcher limit, I think it makes sense to – increase the, increase the number for extra for a double header because um, mm-hmm. I, I think like you're saying pitching arms are that's that's what i would say gets most affected by extra innings and double headers it's just the mm-hmm. the wear and tear of just of, of pitching that many innings right um all right let's move on to the injured list um so the pit, pitchers and two-way players are returning to a 15-day injured list, I guess, minimum. Um, it has been 10, 10 days in the past. Mm-hmm. So position players are staying 10 days, but pitchers and two-way players are transitioning back to 15-day increments. Um, this, this rule change doesn't really impact me, or I don't really have any thoughts one way or another. I mean, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Do you have any thoughts that hang around on that one? Um, only that I was a little surprised they were reduced to 10 days in the beginning. Um, I think they're just trying to help teams not push players as much and like not punish them. But I think 15, 15 seems about right because usually, usually you can kind of know if someone's going to need to take you know, up to three weeks to recover, or if it's just more of a day-to-day soreness, like they just need, you know, they just need some off days, but you don't need to, uh, to do that. And it's, it's kind of like a, you know, if you want to keep guys on, you don't want to put the, the tag on them to have available, but you're using a spot. So I think 15 seems about right to me. Yeah. Um, and it's the same deal with uh, when you're sent to the minors. Um, pitchers and two-way players have to stay there for 15 days and position players for 10. Um, okay, let's move on to challenge time. So managers okay. will now only have 20 seconds to decide if they want to challenge a play rather than 30. So it's a 10-second shorter time frame. I don't know if this will necessarily speed up the game because if you think about it, um, there's maybe six to seven plays that managers would consider challenging during the game. Um, so that's a minute. <laughs> if there's, if there's six times mm-hmm. and they're using the whole 30 seconds and you're taking 10 seconds off, that's, that's saving a minute. Um, so I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know if they'll have a huge impact other than some, some managers might just let some stuff go if they're not. Or, you know, they might just make quicker decisions. But, yeah, I think you're right. If you're allowing them to have a challenge, 20 and 30 seconds doesn't make a huge, huge difference when it's not mm-hmm. in every every play type of, a, type of a deal. Right. All right. You ready to get to the big rule change? Big rule change. Let's go. All 
right. So the big rule change for 2020 is the three batter minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, since this was first introduced and we knew about it over a year ago, it's been the big ticket item. Um, so what's going to happen is every pitcher that comes into the game will have to face a minimum of three batters or pitch until the end of an inning. Um, right. So your starter, let's say your starter comes in, throws six and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, the other team has runners on first and second. There's two outs. Um, and you got a big lefty up, the other team. You can bring in your lefty specialist, and he can get that one out, and then he can come out of the game because you did reach the end of an inning. Um, but the next inning, either your lefty specialist is coming back out and has to face two more batters, or you're bringing in a new pitcher that has to uh, face at least three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be the biggest the biggest impact. And also the, the opener which the Rays and a few other teams implemented last year. Um, if you open a oh, if you open a game, you've got to face at least the first three batters. So there is no like the first like for example, um, if the Rays were were playing the Braves, and you want to bring in your opener to face Ronald Acuna, um, just somebody that just throws complete hundred mile an hour gas to face Acuna to start the game. He's going to have to face Acuna, Albies, and Freeman. Um, so that's another place it could impact. But overall, I'm going to give my opinion, then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like it. <laughs> um, going back to Gabe Kepler from a couple of years ago, whenever he changed pitchers, pretty much every other one, um, it elongates the game. Uh, baseball people say that um, it's maybe the most boring of the sports. It's a sport that people would say is dying out. It's not popular with um, as many kids as, as the NBA or the NFL as they are now. And even MLS is becoming popular. Um, so to have these games that lasted so long and the attention mm-hmm. spans are so short, I mean, it, it, it was rough. So, to see that they are making ways to try to speed up the game by making these pitchers throw uh, to more than one batter, I, th- I think it's pretty smart. Um, we'll see once it's actually implemented and how it goes this year. But overall, I, I think I like it. What do you think about it? Okay. Um, I, I, I kind of lean to the other side. I, I would say I lean no, actually, um, which makes this interesting. I would say... For me, it, it it's not like a a hard no. It, it's kind of just like a I understand why we're doing it, but I just don't necessarily like it as much. And maybe it's just me thinking about it from a manager's perspective. I don't like the your hands feel kind of tied in it. And I, I know that we have probably gone a little bit too much in towards the having to be specialized and everything. And any changes do take. It's just too much when you have to like. You bring in one, he throws eight warm up pitches inside of the inning. You bring in a guy, you switch him out. You know, um, you can have three or four pitchers in an inning sometimes. But I guess, I guess to say, like, if a guy's to face three minimum batters and he's struggling, 
you know, it, it, it could still, innings that could take long could still take long if the guy is really struggling. Um, I don't know. I guess I just don't like the, the confining part about it of just you having to commit to, to certain pitchers for a certain amount of time. But if it, if it really helps shorten the game, then I'm all for it. But if it only provides like minimal, minimal differences, like for me, if we're going from three hour games to two fifty five, like to me, that's not really a big enough difference to really affect it. You know, like it's more of the, the speed of the game. Like, are, are we, are we in constant, like there's a flow to it. I think that's why people like basketball so much is there, there just feels like there's a flow to it. And, and baseball can sometimes have a little bit too many of stops and starts. So we'll see. I, I guess I'm kind of, I'm leaning no, but I'm not like against it against it. It's kind of like, I want to see how it, how it would play, but I don't know. Yeah, I can understand that. I am I am looking forward to seeing how these specialists will adjust. So, like I mentioned earlier, Mike, you might want to bring in a lefty to face Freddie Freeman. Or back mm. in the day, you bring in a lefty to face Big Poppy, David Ortiz, um, to see how these guys who are, are specialists, um, how they're going to adjust to having to face a big right-handed bat. Or mm-hmm. if you're if you're a right-handed specialist having to face a lefty, uh, seeing how these people adjust and and they have to learn how to pitch to the other side. So I think that's going to be interesting to see um, how they're going to do that. I think it'll be better for baseball because, like, your pitchers are going to be better pitchers. They're going to have to be. They're going to have to learn how to get guys out. It does force pitchers to have to – you can't just focus on, I only, oh, I only get righties or I only get lefties. You have to – because you know you're not going to face just the one side in those three batters. Right. Because right now if you're a, a lefty facing a lefty and you have a big slider that's going to break away from the lefty, I mean, that that's a, that's a great pitch. Um, but it's going to break into righties and they're more likely to hit it. So you're going to see a lot more change-ups having to be developed – um, some balls that move away from batters, whether they're righty or lefty. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it actually works. Um, I guess towards the end of the year, maybe next year or whatever, we'll talk about this again to see how year one went, to see what kind of way that managers handled it, whether they handled it in a way that it will stay or in a way that the rules might go back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. No, I think I think it's definitely a wait and see, but I mean, it's worth a shot. So. Yeah, Manfred's done a lot worse. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the whole asteroid scandal and the way he's handled that. Um, but yeah, he he could do a lot worse than the three batter minimum. I think you very much like to talk about the three batter minimum as the <laughs> highlight versus how many Astros pitchers or hitters are going to get hit this year. Which, by the way, we're already at seven. Oh, and that brings me too to three batter minimum. Um, if your pitcher gets injured or gets sick, they can't come out. So <laughs> it's, I just thought about this. Um, do you think that we will see the fake injuries like we see in football? For example, whenever um, the offense is in the hurry up 
and they're moving the ball pretty good. And all of a sudden you see a lineman just fall over and, and grab his head. Like he just got punched in the face. Um, I wonder if you'll start seeing like a big lefty specialist. They come in, they get their guy out and then they look over at the bench and they're like, Oh, my arms, my arms not feeling too good. They take them out of the game for injury. And then the next day they're fine. I think that's going to happen. Um, Actually, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. So I couldn't find a rule against it or like if you come out of a game, you have to miss a certain amount of time. I didn't see that anywhere. So if it becomes a problem this year where you have guys essentially faking injuries, I'm sure that this time next year they'll implement some kind of way of making you sit out and miss games if you come out of the game. Yeah, that would be that be really interesting. I, I I could see it happening. I mean, it happens in in college football a lot. Um, yeah. Because because you can't really you can't really test the validity of an injury right there on the field. I mean, fans we think we know, but <laughs> I, I would I would not be shocked. And I know there's gonna be some like probably some back and forth between pitchers because you'll have some old school pitchers who are like very you know their pride's going to get in then they're not going to want to do stuff like that. And then you've got other pitchers who are not above that. And then, you know, right. classic summer baseball where they're like throwing at each other and they're like big, big arguments about little stuff like that. But I could, I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And they might want to test it too um, with the ejection part of it. <laughs> So this year with the with the Astros especially, they might be on the receiving end of some pitchers who don't face three batters because they get their first guy out and hit the second guy and get thrown out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes this year. Overall, I'm excited about it. But a year from now, I could be like you and say, well, it was a, a weird idea and it just didn't work. But yeah. I'm, I'm reserving full judgment until then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else from the rule changes that you want to hit on? Or does that cover it all for you? No, I think it covers it pretty much. The only other rule that I know has been thrown out there to keep that I've just been kind of keeping my eye on, and I think they've they've started this in the minors, and I think even in college baseball too, uh, the extra inning, the guy starts on second uh, rule. I don't think it's official in Major League Baseball yet, but they've definitely been testing it so i've been kind of keeping my eye on that because i don't i don't love that rule uh that feels a little bit a little bit extra but basically instead of you know you start an inning like normal and extra time you would put a runner the last guy maybe the last out with the previous ending and, and extra innings you would put him on second to start out to try to speed up the end of the game which i get baseball can have some long extra innings but i don't know i don't like I don't like changing the way the actual sport is. Like I like basketballs over time. I just like that it, they they keep playing the game. Right. Um, so yeah, I know that's that, that, that. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that that's one where that rule is just one I'm just keep keeping my eyes on because I know that they're kind of flirting with that idea. Yeah, that's try, try try to end games. Yeah. It seems a little little league to me. Like that's that's not professional baseball. That's something you would see in a nine ten year old league. Not something you see with 
the best people in the world at their at their game. You don't want to give someone that advantage. You want to make them earn it. That's that's my thought at least. So I hope that one doesn't come to fruition here in a year or two. I don't. But I don't. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I could see it being in the minors because you want you you want to end games and not get guys hurt for being too long. And also it's the minors, and so you do you do want some kind of little gimmicky stuff to get people to come and. You know, you don't have, like, minor league doesn't have as many of the passionate baseball fans. You have, like, more casual baseball fans. Right. You know, they just want to just want to see a good game and have some fun. So, yeah, I hope it doesn't. But that's just the other one I'm just keeping my eye out on. For sure. All right. Well, that covers our one big topic for tonight. Um, something I wanted to hit on is the XFL which was our main topic last time we talked. Um, have you been able to watch any more of it in the last couple of weeks? Um, I've been keeping my eye on it. I, I haven't really gotten to fully watch it, which, again, just as a married man, you don't, you kind of sometimes have to pick and choose what you're <laughs> choosing to watch. So, actually, I'll just always cut. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's just also, like, me personally, I... I just get a little tired of football. Like I like the switch up into like you start getting into like a different mode. And so football feels kind of over for me, but I have been keeping up with some of it. Like I've seen Houston has been playing well. So you're welcome guys for picking you. Um, no, but PJ Walker has been balling. Um, yeah, he's, he's ridiculous. Seeing, yeah. I think that's been fun to watch to just see some of that kind of from afar. But I haven't really gotten to sit and, you know, sit and really watch games. Right. I haven't been able to watch a full game yet either. Um, I have got to watch pieces of, I don't want to say all of the games, um, but, but most of them I have been able to watch at least a little bit of it. And this week, the Renegades are playing the Roughnecks. So my squad mm. is playing your squad. So I may, I may that- be watching that, but. Battle for first place right there. <laughs> uh, but actually, I'm not sure if they're playing on Saturday or Sunday. But this Saturday, I will be in Columbia, South Carolina for the South Carolina Clemson baseball game. Yeah. So, well, that'll be fun. I'm glad that you guys get an extra home game in the series this year. I'm sure that listen, feels really nice. <laughs> they've been playing in the Greenville every year for the third game for the past ever. So to have two games in Columbia, which... The one that we're going to is actually at the Columbia Fireflies minor league field. So we're going yeah. to the, the quote-unquote neutral site game. Yeah. So, it's, that's, yeah. Like call, that's like calling uh, the New Orleans Superdome. That was like calling that a neutral site for LSU <laughs> in the national championship game. <laughs> it's all right. In their defense, that was booked several years in advance. It was. I know. It just... It feels I mean, as, as a non-SEC person, it, it does feel a little, a little <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> but it's okay. It's not a big deal. No, I'm excited. I this this series always catches me. I don't say off guard, but I'm always I always forget how early it is in the baseball season. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it should be a little bit farther away. Um, but it's it's always a very entertaining and very hard fought. Series because the way they usually do it would be one that Clemson would host one either on Friday or Sunday and then 
South Carolina obviously would do the opposite on the opposite day, and then the Saturday game would be at a neutral site to try to make it even. And those games are packed. Yeah, there are. The neutral site game has historically been in Greenville, which for those not aware, Greenville is about 25 miles from Clemson. And a, and a little drive yeah. from Columbia. So. It's yeah, it's about forty-five minutes from Clemson and about an hour and a half from Columbia. So it's mm-hmm. all things considered, it's probably the most neutral. But yeah, it is a little bit more of a Clemson, a Clemson town. But right. there's a lot of Gamecocks who definitely let me know they're around. So it'll be fun. I'm I'm, always, I'm curious to see because both teams are always historically pretty good. So I'll definitely be keeping my eye on that one for sure. Yeah, so if you if you're watching the game on Saturday, you might see me out there in left field hanging out. I think our tickets are actually in the Clemson section, so might be a spot of garnet out there for me. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I know another big thing we want to hit on before we close up shop for tonight is college basketball. Mm-hmm. So we are we are almost done with February, and we are about to enter. March Madness. Uh, I remember last time you asked me about uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels, and I said that. Well, actually, they the the crazy thing is they have the talent to make a run in the SEC tournament. They followed that up by losing uh, their next four games, uh, but they did beat NC State the other night. They um, did classic classic NC State. I feel I feel kind of sorry for them at sometimes, just because. It's this their year to pounce on y'all, and they <laughs> got swept. Yeah, two of but. North Carolina's four ACC wins are against NC State. But um, the the crazy thing is, I, I still say it's not going to happen. But North Carolina could make a run in the ACC tournament. They'd have to win it, of course, to make the big tournament. But it's not outside of the realm of opportunities. Uh, but in regards to college basketball as a whole, this is probably the season where I've watched the least college basketball, maybe in my life, that I can remember. Um, so I'm not in a great position to to make a lot of picks of what's going to happen. Is San Diego State still undefeated? They are not undefeated. They're still considered a one seed right now. But just the other day, um, just last Saturday, so – we probably had the most switches from the number one team in the country that I can ever remember. I think we've probably had at least eight or nine different teams be ranked number one at some point. Like there was some point back in the fall where like pre-conference five different uh, number one teams had lost to non-conference teams. Uh, It was crazy. And so they're not uh, undefeated anymore. They were the last one. But Kansas and Baylor were, was one versus three. So Kansas went to Waco and beat Baylor. And then, same day, Gonzaga loses to BYU at BYU, which that's a tough place to play. Um, you got to watch out for the Mormons from three. But they they lost to that. And then UNLV beat, uh, beat San Diego State. So three of the top four lost. Oh, wow. So, and okay. then... And then, and then just the other night, uh, Duke lost to Wake Forest in double overtime 
at Wake Forest. So it's basically, to put it shortly, basketball has been pretty crazy this year, and there's <laughs> no like clear number one team. Like in years past, there were a couple teams who are you, you kind of stood out. Like Duke, was, even though they didn't win last year, they were like a, a top team the whole year and really dominant. Where this right. year, it's just it's just chaos, and I March Madness is going to be really exciting, but it's going to be very chaotic, I would think, <laughs> leading up to the tournament and then getting into it. It's going to be, I think we have the most different national champions pick in the in the bracket challenge. Yeah. So I, I have no idea who I'm picking yet. I mean, I've had some thoughts, but it it's last, me it's me tough. Last year I started my new tradition of one bracket of integrity. So I'm just going to fill out one bracket and I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably put that one bracket across several different platforms for just different things, but I'm just going to have one bracket. So they're all going to be the same. Um, this year, I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> like what I, when I, when I fill my bracket out, it's probably all going to be, yeah, I've, I've never seen this team play this year. So it's going to be a lot of guessing. Um, I may even go the route of, this team has a cooler logo. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the cooler logo mascot is gonna, is gonna be a lot of people's picks. So yeah, I'm, I'm not as I wasn't as much into college basketball this year as I have been in years past. So I'm not gonna know as much. But honestly, that might be better for me in my brackets. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Sometimes getting doing all our research works, and other times. You just go with your gut, and the gut can win. So I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, I guess just just that to say, yeah, it, it's going to be really fun. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we are going to do – we did a, a bracket challenge last year where we invited y'all into a bracket that we put together, and the winner got a prize. They got the first backer catch apparel which happened to be a hat which is pretty fun and so we're going to do another tournament again so be on the lookout for that i know a lot of people love doing that so we'll be putting some stuff out here soon about that so also just wanted to mention because i always love doing doing that and having people just put in brackets because it feels like it's a really everyone can fill out a bracket like it feels unifying and it's a fun thing to do with with community and just having a good old time with it and just you start pulling for teams that you didn't know you cared about until you picked them <laughs> and then you're, you're they're their biggest fan yeah, for sure like last year with uh with your wife and Purdue and Carson Edwards that yeah was she it was go. it was that was amazing uh my sweet wife is very um she she just gets really into it and I love it um, she was very passionate about it, so she just she just fights for it, and I just I, it was just fun to see her just enjoying and and getting to be a part of it, um, which is really really sweet for me. So I'm excited for this again because we also have a competition between each other too. So she did beat me last year, um, so I've got to I've got to get my act together this year for sure. So we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, All right, man. Well, well, thanks for being on, as always. We really appreciate it. This is really fun. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's All right, watch guys. the combine in, in primetime now. Yeah, let's do it. Watch 
guys in, in really tight clothing have the biggest interview of their lives, as they'll say for the next 50 times over the weekend. But <laughs> it'll be really fun. So thanks, man, again for being on. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, remember to we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you get uh, your podcasts. Just um, remember to like, subscribe, and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening.